0: Velkommen til Fashion Forum på Lyd. Denne episode er bragt i samarbejde med og sponsoreret af Zalando. Returvarer er så stor en ting, at det på engelsk har fået sin egen term, bracketing. Et ord, der er lånt fra fotografiets verden og dækker over, når en kunde køber rigtig mange udgaver af den samme vare, for at kunne finde frem til den helt rigtige derhjemme. Men for at komme den tendens, der hverken er økonomisk eller miljømæssigt fordelagtigt til livs, så skal webshops blive skarpere på at kommunikere størrelse og fit. Og kunderne skal turde se deres egen figur i øjnene, bogstaveligt talt. Men hvad gør de på de helt store mode-webshops og platforme? Det har vi spurgt VP of Size & Fit hos Zalando, Stacia Carr, om. I think that most of us have either as a private person, a brand or shop owner dealt with problems regarding the standard measurements in fashion and sizing. Stacia Kaur, you are VP of Size and Fit at Zalando and I guess the ultimate person to ask about this issue and how we solve it. Welcome to you.
1: Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here.
0: Let me start by asking you, what is the biggest problem with sizing in the fashion industry? I think
1: it depends on whose perspective you look at it from, but maybe if I think about fashion brands and their Mm. supply chains, but maybe most of all our consumers, um, the biggest challenge is understanding how best to communicate size and fit. So both as a customer, you know, we don't, most of us don't know our own body measurements. And so we don't walk around with an encyclopedia of information to describe ourselves. Uh, and then on a, from a brand perspective, it's very challenging to communicate in simple terminology to a myriad of customers how an item they've produced is intended to fit and how it's sized. So it's the what is the language you use both as a consumer but also as a brand to Mm. articulate your needs and what a
0: product offers. And how is uh, Salando trying to fix this? I know that you've been working on a couple of solutions. Can you describe them?
1: Yes. So if we take a step back and we think about this problem from a historical perspective, we know that before we used machines to mass-produce clothing, Mm. most people had clothing made by an individual, by a person who could ask them questions, take their body measurements, And ensure that as a garment was being produced, it was produced with that particular uh, individual in mind and would would create a satisfying fit.
0: So Mm -hmm. when we
1: think about um, our opportunity as Zalando to actually recreate this connection between creator and consumer, which mass production severed, we think about how can we empower our customers, at this point 50 million people across Europe, to better express themselves and their unique needs, and also to match them with the assortment that our brand partners provide. And so we start very simply with algorithmic recommendations. Um, What does that mean? Uh, Across, I think, 60% 60 of items sold today, our customers receive a form of algorithmic size advice. And it comes in two forms. One is a size flag that tells you it's an article-based uh, piece of size advice that tells you whether an item runs big or small. Hmm. It's fairly easy for most folks to understand. Ah, this runs a little bit small. I take one size up. For customers that we know a little bit more, uh, so you've either purchased with us before or you've shared with us a little bit of information about uh, the brands that you love and the sizes that you wear in those brands, we can offer a personalized form of size advice so, if you're shopping for a dress, maybe we can tell you, hey, for this dress, we recommend a size 38, for example. Um, and then we use those forms of advice as the basis for um, extending this form of personalization, because that's what it is, across the whole assortment. So, today, if you're browsing the Zolando catalog and we can offer you personalized advice, uh, size advice, we also filter the assortment for you. Uh, so that we shrink the size of the assortment we put in front of you just as you're browsing, so as you're in sort of a more window-shopping mode, let's say, um, and we don't show you items that we don't have available in your size. Hmm. And this is really the beginning of creating this more curated, personalized experience that takes your individual size requirements into consideration. This year, we rolled out uh, two more advanced products. One. Um, One of them is a body measurement technology that is deployed through the mobile device that allows customers to generate a set of unique body measurements. So we go one step further this year and we no longer have to use that reference item or purchase history as a, as a reference for a customer's needs, but rather actually their unique body shape. And so um, with a simple kind of five step process, you can, Uh, take a couple of images uh, using your mobile device and some AR-based guidance we provide for you uh, to generate a 3D body shape that from there we then extract body measurements. Now what we love about this solution is we were able to deliver it in a way where those images that you take of yourself, they never leave the device. So we really Mm. double down on privacy and security and at the same time provide you with this really unique and innovative experience to express yourself as a customer. And then we can leverage that body measurement information to generate personalized size recommendations and eventually your own avatar, uh, which you can then use to shop. And that leads me to the second innovation we launched this year. These were pilot um, Mm. campaigns that we launched of a virtual try-on experience. In the pilot, we didn't connect it to the body measurement uh, experience I just described, but rather we made it available for all customers, just input your age, height, and weight and um, we're able to generate an avatar that represents your body shape. And then we show you 3D simulations of specific garments in different sizes on your body shape. And we've gotten f- tremendous feedback from customers that this is really exciting for them. Uh, there's a lot of desire to be able to explore assortment using um, this particular experience. And we've seen some pretty interesting, even though they were they were pilot uh, campaigns, but some pretty impressive impact on core KPIs, uh, size-related return rate reductions, up to 40% on jeans, for example, which is a really hard-to-fit category. I think we can all relate to, you know, shopping for a great-fitting pair of jeans is just not the most fun in the world today, but we aim to change that.
0: I can completely relate. I'm almost 190 in centimeters, so I know what problems it can cause to uh, to shop for jeans that are long enough. So this avatar will definitely come in handy at one point. Definitely. I imagine as a leading online platform you're always working to improve the customer's experience, but what are the main goals here? I mean, is it just I said quotation uh, just happier brands and customers <laughs> or is it um also lower return rates?
1: Yeah, so we initially started this journey uh with the idea in mind that our North Star KPI is really related return rate reductions. Mm. And when we think about what that represents, well, of course, um, you put on your you know business economics hat and you can see that that is a profitability driver, right? So mm. when we're able to reduce returns, we can reduce our operating overhead and increase our EBITDA. However, when you peel back the layers and look at it from a customer-centric perspective as well as a brand partner perspective, it's actually um, you're creating a great experience for customers when you reduce the need to return. Uh, our brand partners then have a much better kind of experience reaching a target customer. And we've also recently, I would say recently, being over the last two years, <laughs> learned that it's a loyalty driver. So why would you shop anywhere else if you knew that every time you shopped uh, Zalando, you were going to get a great fit out of the box? So um, we see it as a real opportunity to deepen our relationship with our existing customers and give them, uh, you know, more reasons to continue to shop with Zolando and also to really um, create a great platform experience for our brand partners to bring their assortment online.
0: You said that you have rolled out the solution in a number of countries, Germany here amongst, and you also just said before that the customers has already been positive about it. But can you tell me some more about what the feedback has been
1: on the virtual fitting room, I mean, I'm just thinking anecdotally, we had customers saying we'd love it if more of your assortment was available in the virtual fitting room. This is a great way for me to try things out without having to ship them home. So really, hmm. it's, it's kind of what you would expect. Um, and what I think was helpful for us was understanding because there was quite some skepticism, I would say, in the early years of us working on, on the virtual fitting room. We've been working on it for four or five years now. Actually, a little bit more than that. Around, would customers actually accept a an avatar as a proxy for themselves? You know, is it too mm. confronting? Does it bring up sort of body image issues? Uh, is fashion all about fantasy, and so customer doesn't actually want to see themselves uh, reflected in the experience? And I think the feedback we've gotten so far is a resounding no. Customers really, it's such a hassle to approximate how an item might fit you that this, you know, it, it it we see people excited about an opportunity to bring themselves into the experience and get closer. Um, and I'm sure there'll be some folks who just, you know, they maybe have a body shape that is more what, what is currently, you know, deemed as average. And so clothing mm. is made and often fits them and maybe it's not necessary. I, you know, it's not an experience that we expect everyone's going to adopt, but what we see through um, more anecdotal feedback that we survey from customers, that's just a resounding appreciation for the opportunity to, as I said, mm. get closer to what it is that they may go ahead and buy and then have shipped to their home. Mm.
0: That is super interesting. I never really thought that maybe you don't want to see an avatar that looks like you yeah. but I can totally uh, get that. I mean... Um, Fitting room uh, mirrors can be uh, rather horrifying sometimes. In devel- Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so nice to have uh, clothes that really fit you. So I think that people can definitely um, see the benefits of that in the end. You said you've been working on this for several years. What has been the most challenging or has there been like any surprises in doing this? It's a great question. Yeah. Um, we
1: looked when we looked at the problem space at the very beginning. We started working with the, the data sets we already had available. So we used purchase and return history, which is you know it's a pretty coarse grain signal. What that means is it's data that there was we didn't have a high degree of confidence that would be meaningful. So the first thing that was a surprise was actually at the volume of sales that Zalando, the volume of transactions that Zalando processes. Whether a customer buys something, the size they buy it in, and whether they return it um, and for what reason, it's actually it's, it's a very strong signal. and even though the on the on the little return slip, or if you use the online return flow, it is this runs big or small, <laughs> that, what can seem like a trivial piece of information is actually quite valuable. And again, there was quite some skepticism in the early days as to whether or not we could depend on that. So that was surprise number one. Mm. Surprise number two, as we got into the problem space a little bit deeper and understanding what are the data sets that are being used to actually go through the design and manufacturing process, and then how could we either find that data so that we could feed it to our algorithms, and how could we then empower customers? We found that there's quite some great data out there that's, that's, mm. that's made available to brands when they're going through the design process, and we know the companies and the technologies that are used to create it, but it's limited, and it's limited to kind of average body shapes. so the kind of um, folks on the outer edges of the kind of body shape curve are not very well represented, um, which is kind of a a no-brainer, but when you actually, you know, you talk to firms that provide this data, you realize there is under-representation. So for smaller and larger folks, so like I said, at the the outer edges of the spectrum. uh, And that's why it's such a dissatisfying experience. And I think I was just a a bit shocked with all this technology that we have that we hadn't solved that problem yet.
0: Stacia, when you look at the brands that you have and, and, you know, fashion in general and with the knowledge that you have now, do you is there a lack of brands that has, like, larger or maybe smaller sizes in the market?
1: Um, I don't know that there's a lack of brands. I think what maybe is lacking is how uh, uh, knowing how to reach those customers effectively. Hmm. So... And how to really meet their needs. And I think it's what we've learned is as you fall, again, outside of what's considered sort of the normal size distribution, it becomes harder and harder to predict body shape, which makes sense. Mm. And I wonder sometimes what kind of technologies we may be able to employ to do forms of customization for all, for all bodies, but in particular for bodies that are um, less average than others, let's say. Mm. There's a lot of effort that, that Zalando has put into this, but also many of our brand partners. So I think the awareness is there and there is assortment available and there needs to be more, but we also need mm. to get good at the quality of the assortment and the quality of the experience to connect with those customers. So creating a more de-averaged experience for all of us, really. Mm. But in particular, for those that kind of fall outside of what's considered average.
0: Is there a special apparel category that are harder to find the right fit in when you do online shopping? Do you have any insights here? Oh,
1: a kids is really tough. And that's challenging. And, and, and you know, we, I, I often think that we should um, create a specialized team for kids um, to really go deep into it. The sizing systems are kind of all over the place. And uh, of course, with kids, you've got to create solutions that work for parents because they're usually the ones that are doing the shopping. So Mm. I think it's really complex in terms of how you effectively communicate to one individual who's buying for another. And then when we think about the kinds of solutions that work for adults, they may not be appropriate for children. So, But I think kids can be a really powerful area for us in the coming years to focus on, because I think it's also such a mm. such a hassle. And if we can remove that uh, challenge for parents, I think again from a customer loyalty perspective, we can really win a lot of hearts, uh, <laughs> and um, and and just provide great value. So that's an area where I'd like to to see some innovation. And then, like I said, uh, I think the whole The way that folks that fall kind of outside of the average, what's considered average, is so hard to talk about. Mm. Um, Could be, could be an area of focus. But I think there's there's already quite a lot of focus on more inclusive
0: sizing. Do you think at one point this will lead to new requirements in regard of sizing and and possibility of customization for the brand? I like your
1: question. I think that you know my hope is that as an industry we can tackle this without without having, you know, a regulation. But I think um, what becomes clear is that all of this kind of ladders up to sustainability. So how can we create a more sustainable fashion industry, which of course we're all working on, but what role does standardization of size and fit or customization Mm. play? Um, I would love to see us leverage data to to streamline and make our supply chains more sustainable and whether that has to come through regulation or not, I mean, we'll see, but but we need to find ways to help each other. And I think the is a platform and that's my big push is, hey, if I can give customers a platform where they can express themselves and their size and fit needs hmm. in a secure private way, can I also then empower my brand partners to leverage that information to optimize and customize what they produced for their target audiences. So it'd be great if we can get on that journey together. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, you know, as, as um, we work together with other entities in the EU, if regulation comes into play, then so be it. But we talk with brands every week about, you know, how can we, how can we learn together? Mm. Uh, so the, the virtual fitting room pilots, one of them was a, a co-creation with Puma, shared some of their uh, 3D digital assets with us. These are assets that are used to create their their actual physical inventory. And my hope is that you know maybe next year we can we can look at body measurement data that's used to create those designs. And we'll do it certainly with our own private labels and try to um, lead by example and see how we can leverage customer data to um, influence what we produce and how we produce in the you know coming seasons. That's let's see Let's see if we can do it on our <laughs> own or if we need a push from the regulators.
0: Let's see. I, I think that's a question for uh, many brands and companies out there. But you are already doing uh, a lot uh, and it's super interesting. And here in the end, Stacia, I would like to ask, I mean, I, I expect that this is only the beginning for you in terms of avatars and, and uh, personal recommendation. Can you reveal what the next ambition is or what you're working on? <laughs> um,
1: I mean, we want to bring it all together, right? So I think the vision is to make virtual fitting room a big part of a customer experience in the coming years. Mm. And then, you know, how can we help? And I, I mean, I'm, it's no secret. The question is really, how do we get there mm. um, to where virtual fitting room is a predominant part of the experience? So that requires us to scale um, our ability to, to um to represent uh, items in 3D and then how can we create some forms of batch customization? Hmm. And I, you know, I get really excited. I have a lot to learn on the supply chain side, so I don't profess to be an expert, but I try to imagine, you know, uh, customers in Northern Germany, maybe have clothing produced for them with a unique set of body measurements that represent their kind of their unique needs. Um, Let's see. But that's um, I think the future we need to drive towards.
0: That sounds good. Thank you so much for enlightening us on this topic, of Stacia Car.
1: Thank you for having me. It was delightful. Really enjoyed uh, your question.
0: You. Du har lyttet til Fashion Forum på Lyd. Denne episode var bragt i samarbejde og sponsoreret af Salando. Hvis du kunne lide, hvad du hørte, så må du meget gerne dele, rate og subscribe. Programmet var tilrettelagt og redigeret af Amalie Tejs Ybel. Mit navn er Karla Christine Brus Strube. Vi høres ved